How's everyone doing tonight, man? It is a fantastic night. It's getting night. Uh, it's getting kind of chilly. Uh, but we got some fire topics for y'all today, man. Talking about free agency reactions, which teams got the better or worst trades that happened. Uh, we're also gonna be talking about some free agency uh players and how everything played out for them. Who got overpaid? Who got underpaid? Who's you know paid just right? And before we start, I would just like to say. Put some respect on my name. Everyone was clowning me last week for James Wiseman going at number two, man. My man Narf was saying, you know what, Issa? Your opinion is wrong. How you feel, bro? A-Ray, you said the same crap, bro. You said, oh, there's no way Golden State's going to pick James Wiseman number two. And who ended up being number two? James Wiseman. Put First some respect all, on you, First of all, wait, wait. You, you, didn't ha- you didn't have a top 10 draft. You have no right to talk. You didn't put anything up. You don't know Eric Anderson, up, he was over ten. I don't know where you came up with Gilbert. You came up with a freaking center, even though he's a power forward. His defensive ability, but that's not the point, bro. Get to the okay. Who's who's who right, right and who's wrong? You ended up being wrong. All right, James Wiseman, number, number two. Bro, bro, bro. I never said that it, it's a bad bro. pickup. I just said that. Uh, you said my opinion was wrong, meaning incorrect. And who's incorrect? You're incorrect. So you can just <laughs> take your opinion because your opinion is it's wrong. wrong. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh man. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get uh, let's get started on uh, free agency reactions. My man. man shop yo, look. Oh, right, oh right. shoot. Now you got it. You got it. You got it. All sure. right. Okay. I got I got to start this off, man, because. One of the most shocking, in my opinion, and the one that just makes no sense and everything's like, just makes no sense to me is the whole Hayward situation. Um, it's just really weird because, all right, it's kind of obvious that um, at a certain point of last season, he kind of wanted to leave. And I talked about how maybe it was to get a clean slate. And, you know, he was on this last year's player option, so he could have just opted in for that money. But he didn't opt in for that money. He decided to go to a different team. And I don't know, this situation is weird, man. I honestly don't really know. Um, but yeah, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. So I, I agree with you when we talked about it last time that it probably would make sense for Hayward to um, opt out and then take a, a bigger, uh, a longer-term deal somewhere else. But I don't think any of us expected four years, $120 million for Gordon Hayward. And don't get me wrong, he's still a solid player. Like he's still a good player, but the problem with him now is just he's just injury prone. This past season, he missed uh, twenty games, and in the in the playoffs in the bubble, he only played in five of seventeen possible games, and he struggled. He's obviously, I mean, in Boston, his fit was it was kind of diminishing because of how uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were emerging, particularly because they're both wing players and they play the same position as Hayward. So, I mean, I think it, it makes sense for him, but but Charlotte, I, I mean, they just got off the Nick Batum contract, and now they just go ahead and sign a second one. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, honestly, I I agree. Um, in the sense that, like, I feel like for the Hornets, he's just like an upgraded version of Nicholas Batum. Like, it makes no sense. Like, I don't know why they want him that badly to pay him that much. You guys know what I mean? Like, it honestly doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't know if they're trying to compete or rebuild they don't really have the pieces to even compete like properly maybe make a run for the eighth or seventh seed but it just doesn't make any sense to me you know like they've got a nice player in Devontae graham i mean terry roger is pretty he's pretty good 
and then Hayward, um, they got LaMelo. It just doesn't make any sense what type of direction they're trying to go in, especially after paying that much to be like Nicholas Batum, like upgraded version. You guys know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, like I kind of wanted to see uh, Gordon Hayward in this position where he's kind of relied on a little bit more um, because it was obvious that Celtics, they have the players necessary and uh, Gordon Hayward wasn't really facilitating that, pro- that process. So I kind of wanted to see him in a bigger position to see if he'd actually come out of his funk. Because, like, after that injury, I feel like he's never been the same. So uh, I feel like it's a it's probably good for him in the sense that he might get some of his confidence back. But, um, like, I still think, like, I still agree with y'all. Like, 120 mil is way too much, bro. That's a lot of money, bro. And they just threw it on Gordon Hayward. Like, they could have gotten so many other people, but they chose Gordon. Uh, but I still think he's a great player. I still think that this opportunity is probably going to propel him even higher. But uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, I feel like they did overpay. Oh, they overpay him. Sorry, sorry, Narf, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish what you were saying. Oh, they didn't. They honestly really did overpay for him. But like you know, in a market like Charlotte, where like success is a you know, like you know, seems to be hard to come by. I guess they had to pay a little (laughs) bit of a premium. Uh, maybe this will. This is more of a marketing move than it was a competitive one. But you know, that's that's just the way I see it. Okay, uh, Narf, go ahead. Yeah, I was basically going to say the same thing as you. Um, just Gordon Hayward going there for 120 mil, like that's a lot considering he's not the Utah uh, version of Gordon Hayward. But I think uh, they just have some hope in him. And yeah, small market team, so they can't really do much. But I think one of the positives from him going to uh, Charlotte is he can be a great mentor for uh, LaMelo Ball. So yeah, that's one of the positives that I'll take. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys. Um and definitely with um, what Shaman was saying earlier that like it's one of the teams they haven't been good for a while, and with with teams like that you kind of do have to end up overpaying to get good players. Like for example, uh, last I think last season or two seasons ago, when Phoenix signed Ricky Rubio, it was looked at as an overpayment. But if you're a bad team, you have to have some sort of enticing reason for a player, or either a good player or an above average player to want to come to your team. And in Hayward's case, it was he got the bag. So I mean. He definitely he was enticed enough to go there. Big bag. What was what was uh Fred Van Viet's contract? Was it three years eighty million or was it four years eighty million? Uh, I believe it was five years eighty three million, but then he had an uh no, it was it was four years with an option. Okay. That's crazy, bro. Like you can make an argument that like Fred Van Viet's like way better than Gordon Hayward right now. But he got paid like a much like significantly smaller. Like he got paid like three or like three fourths the amount that Gordon Hayward did. So, That's where seniority comes in, man. I welcome. Um, I mean, he does have a lot more experience, though. He does have a lot more experience. Than That's true. Than that. That's the only way I can see that being justified, man. Yeah, I'm actually um, for the Van Vliet contract. It's four years, eighty-five million. Uh, he signed through uh, the 2023-2024 season, and after twenty in twenty twenty-three, he has a player option for 22 mil and then the next year he becomes an unrestricted free agent yeah okay well that's going from okay let's go to the next one y'all um from one toronto individual to another one well former how are we feeling about Ibaka? uh kyle how are you feeling man yeah so i i really like the signing for the clippers um uh we we talked about it previously but in the playoffs in 11 games like he was ridiculously good. He averaged almost 15 points, almost eight rebounds, uh, 1.3 blocks. 
57% field goal percentage, 51% from three. And this is going to sound so crazy. It doesn't sound real, but 70% true shooting percentage. For the team, he fits much better as a backup big because the problem for the Clippers in the playoffs was whenever Ivica Zubac would leave the floor, the defense would just crater and they would just continue to hemorrhage points because Montrose Harrell's not a good defender. And Serge Ibaka, he's not the defender he used to be. He used to be like a first-team all-defense, lead-the-league-in-blocks kind of guy. He's not that anymore. But he's still a very smart player who who knows like defensive rotations. And I think he'll just fit great. And, part- and offensively, he'll be great as well. You can run big lineups with him if you need to against bigger teams. You can play him at the five to close games and just play five out. There's just a lot of possibilities. So I'm very excited for what he's going to do. Yeah, no, I agree. And at the time of his signing, he was probably one of the best, better free agents that was available. And he made the most sense considering J. J. Michael Green left. And, you know, I feel like he can kind of fill in that role as a shooter and also as a pretty good interior defender. So in the Clippers set, uh, they're saying, I guess that's a really good move that they made. No, I agree. I agree. And you all got another take on this? or Because I feel like there's nothing, there's no conflicting ideas on this aside from nah. growth. Because, nah, you know, he I lost think... someone important. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah I think... Um... Oh. Nah, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I'll take this one. Um, yeah, I think Ibaka going to the Clippers, they really needed him. Um, just him staying in Toronto, I, I don't know if it would have been the best move. Um, I think he wants to compete. And I, I don't think Toronto's uh doing that next year. So I think Toronto's keeping the ca- cap space open, so... Let's see what Toronto plans for in the upcoming free agency because this free agency. Man, I'm I'm sorry. You Raptors fans probably hate the Clippers because we just keep stealing all their good players. Next thing you know, we're probably just gonna trade for Kyle Lowry at the deadline. Oh man, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, you gonna have him? We're gonna, we're gonna get Giannis. Well. We're gonna get Giannis. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna that's gonna be hella spin moves, man. You got Giannis and you got freaking Pascal Siakam on the same team. Hell has been moves, man. Bro, they're going to have their own... They're going to have enough like spins to make their own gravity. Um, <laughs> We're uh, going to make the other team dizzy. <laughs> you guys going to have your own orbitational field. <laughs> like <laughs> orbital field. My God. All right, let's 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 move on. Uh, Gallo, Gallo. How are you feeling? Danilo Gallinari. Oh, my bad. I was just saying his name. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this one's one's weird because he was talking about, like, oh, I want to go to, like, I got the contract, I got the money. Now I want to go to a team where I can, you know, get a contract, or not a contract, sorry, where I can get a championship, blah, blah. And then he signed with the Hawks. So that's just weird. And on top of that, now that they signed, like, a bunch of other players, like Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bojan, whatever, um, and a few other players, he's kind of playing, like, I mean, I heard and I saw that he's coming off the bench, so he basically like forfeited his chance of getting a championship, and now he's playing for a Hawks team, which did improve. But I mean, they're probably going to compete for the eighth or seventh seed, or maybe the sixth seed at most in the East. So it's not like they're going to be a championship contender. But like, it just doesn't make any sense to me why he would want to get a contract and come off the bench like that. You you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. Oh, go ahead. I was just thinking that sixty, like it's sixty-one point five mil for three years, bro. That's a that's a pretty good contract for Gallinari. Like you know, his last few years, like he was getting injured a lot, but I think this, like this last year, was probably like his most consistent year, where he wasn't on the bench the whole time. I mean, like he's been on the bench for like most of his career because of injuries. I feel like this is nothing new for him. 
I don't I don't mean to like be like a hater or anything like that, but like uh I mean 61 mil for sitting on a for sitting on a bench, I mean I wouldn't mind that. Uh but I agree with what Ari is saying, like, you know, he was going for a championship team, but it's like more than obvious that the Hawks are currently not a championship team. They have a good roster. They have a nice young roster with like some vet some vets uh like you know sprinkled in like Rondo now. Um, but that's not a championship team, man. Well, that's where I kind of disagree. Well, yeah, sure, they're not a championship team, and obviously he wanted to go for a contender. And I feel like Atlanta, with making all these moves by bringing uh, Bogdanovich and um, Gallinari and even Rondo, it's just they're setting themselves up for the future. And I I think um, keeping that in mind, like you probably see the team has direction, uh, which a lot of teams don't. And they were willing to give him a lot of money. And, yeah, he's playing off the bench, which, like, takes away from what he wanted. But I think he'll still uh, play around the high 20 to 30-minute uh, uh, mark, like, per game. So I think he'll still get plenty of uh, playing time. And depending on what team he plays against, um, he might even uh, finish off the game. Um, so I don't think it was a bad move on his end because, yeah, it's a, it's a very um, – I think it's a very good team with Trey Young developing at the rate that he is. Um, yeah. He could definitely be like a top five point guard uh, within the next two years. Uh, you know, it's gone out of three year contract. I, I think that's amazing. Um, if you're ever going to feel bad for anybody, feel bad for Clint Capella. He's going to have to anchor that Hawks defense. And he's going to he's gonna need some help for sure. I, I really like, I not to say really like, it is an interesting signing for Gallo. Um, three years, 61.5, as you mentioned earlier. So before the report came out that he's going to be coming off the bench, which to me was a little interesting because I think next to Clint Capella, he's a better fit than John Collins. This past year, he shot uh, 40% from three on 7.1 attempts per game, which is pretty great. He does, he he has struggled a little bit the past two years in the playoffs, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they they stagger the lineups because they don't really have a lot of great defensive players in the Hawks currently. Yeah, we're going to see how that turned out. Um, all right, well, can we go to uh, we're I, I want to get to I want to make this joke. Uh, how do I report uh, the Houston Ro- uh, Rockets for like you know highway robbery because they pulled off a steal with Christian Wood? Like that's a good ass signing, bro. Uh, how are we feeling, yeah. boys? Dude, I, I 100% agree. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like I have a lot of Christian Woodstock. I really like him as a player. Uh, he's easily, easily the most modern big man that Harden has played with. I wouldn't say he's the best. I would probably give that distinction to Dwight Howard in the earlier years. But Chris, Christian Wood, Christian Wood, sorry, I'm saying Tristan. Uh, Christian Wood, can he can put the ball on the floor at times. He's a great shooter. Um, he started only 12 games this past year. Uh, in those 12 games, he averaged 21.9 points, 9.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists on 40.8% from three, and he had a 64% true shooting percentage. Uh, one of the big problems, though, for him, though, is he had 27 assists to 26 turnovers, which is atrocious. But I, th- I think he can be a real difference maker in Houston. I really like that signing for them. All right, which, one, which one of you fucks had, a, had him on your uh, fantasy team? <laughs> I think that was- oh boy, you already know. You already know. Man. I already have all the sleepers, bro. But yeah, no. On top of that, like, just going off of uh, what Kyle was saying, 
man, I'm kind of mad at the signing just because as a Celtics fan, I wanted him on my team. Um, I know that Wood initially, like he said that one of the reasons why he signed with Houston was because he was playing some pickup with Harden and he felt like he really fit in. They played well together. So like, we'll have to see if that's going to translate in the NBA because like NBA is obviously way different than pickup. But, you know, I just feel like it could really work out because he he's like a stretch four, stretch five, I like to say. And like, I don't know, the, the Rockets aren't necessarily going towards this small ball anymore with Daryl Morey out of the way now. So yeah. I can definitely see a different, you know, dynamic that's going to happen in Houston. And honestly, I think I spoke too soon. I said that maybe, you know, they should try flipping Westbrook and doing this and that to kind of make moves. They did flip uh, Covington for a couple other, for I think they got a reason out of it and some other players maybe. But, you know, I think I spoke too soon. And they could honestly try competing again one more time, you know. Um, they also got Cousins. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm going to – I don't know how this is going to work because, like, the Rockets are a really fast-paced team. You know what I mean? Like, they go back and forth. I don't know how Cousins' badass is going to make it back and forth uh, through the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he tore his Achilles, right? I mean, he tore his Achilles already once. Uh and, like, I think he also messed up, like, his meniscus or ACL or something like that, like, during practice. So I feel like it's going to be hard on Cousins. But, like, if he's even, like, 70% of the player he was while he was, like, showing out in, like, New, uh, New Orleans and everything like that, I feel like it's a solid pickup for, like, Houston to revert back to not just being small ball. Because Christian Wood, he's pretty big. Uh, and Demarcus Cousins is also pretty big. So I kind of I kind of like that they're picking up, like, proper centers now. And I mean, as long as I have James Harden, they'll always be a contender because right. this man is amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't tell which one, but uh, all right. How are we feeling about uh, which Morris are we discussing here? Because I'm a bit confused. I think it's Marcus Morris. Okay, Marcus Morris. How are we feeling, boys? Yeah. So the it's kind of. Um, anyway, you can say it is an overpay, but the team really did. The Clippers really did have to bring him back. Uh, they gave up a first-round pick at the deadline to get him, so they couldn't have just let him walk for nothing. Um, despite what most people will tell you, that everybody on the Clippers sucks in the playoffs, and that they, they're a bad team. Um, Marcus Morris in the first round, in my opinion, and I watched all the games, he was probably the second-best player. At worst, he was the third-best player with how bad Paul George was playing at times. Uh, he shot 47% from three in the playoffs. He disappears in games five, six, and seven, and he infamously told Paul Millsap to go the fuck home and Clippers <laughs> <laughs> lost three straight. <laughs> but no, I, he he has a lot of offensive versatility and defensive versatility. If the team wants to go big and play him at the three, or if they want to go very, very small and play him at the five, there's just a lot of options. So I think it's a good signing. It is a little bit of an overpay, but I think it'll be worth it. Let's, let's fucking hope so. All right. Uh... Well, oh, ooh, Jeremy Grant. I like this dude. How you, how you guys feeling? I think he went to uh, Detroit. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Grant has has had like a has like a. He's been coming up in the league for a long time. Like he played with uh, he played with Russ. Like he was on the OKC and he played with Denver, and uh, yeah, he got he got signed by Detroit. But I really like where uh, Jeremy Grant's going, man. Like he's he's been steadily like picking up his game like every single season, like uh, spreading the floor a little bit more. Uh. And three years for sixty million—that's that's pretty good. Like that's a good contract for him. I'm not sure how this is gonna play out for the Detroit, the the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, but, I was just uh, gonna ask that. How the 
Like, how does yeah, that... I, how's, <laughs> uh, I don't know how... I mean, my man finally got recognized for his talents, but, like... Mm-hmm. like great player, great player. Is he going to be like, able to compete? I don't know. I feel we're, uh, I feel bad for uh, the Nuggets because they lost him, and he was yeah. a key piece to them uh, competing next 100%. season. So I think more than uh, Detroit gaining from Jeremy Grant, I think Nuggets lost big time on that. Uh, nice. I don't know why Jeremy Grant didn't uh, uh, go to D- uh, Denver because I thought they uh, matched the offer. But uh, I'm personally, maybe he's he's 26, so I think he's trying to show his star potential, and he's not going to be able to do that with uh, Murray and um, Jokic. So I, I guess in a way it's understandable, but yeah, I, I don't get the Detroit at all. Yeah, so going off what you were saying, it's actually like you're 100% correct that Denver did match it. The reason that he didn't go back to Denver was that he um he wanted to do he wanted more of an offensive load and on that team, he would probably be like the the fourth at best and probably like the fifth option with Michael Porter Jr. there as well. Um Jeremy Grant I see if, I think for him it's a great contract because Detroit they're I'm not going to say trying to tank, but they're trying to they're trying to start over, basically. He's 26. He's a little bit older than the players. Like Killian Hayes, for example, he's probably going to be one of the cornerstones of the franchise. He's just coming into the league. So 1,000 IQ play by Jeremy Grant. He can get he can get traded somewhere else. He just secured the bag. I think I think he'll be fine, for sure. Okay. All right, Kyle. So how are we feeling about Montrezl Harrell? Kyle? Man. Um <laughs> I, I okay. As much as I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about Montrezl. I think it's a good get for the Lakers. <laughs> You're so, um, so, so he's he's an elite finisher at the rim. That's one thing I can't take away from him. He got a lot that he, in the season prior to Kawhi and Paul George, he was very reliant on Lou Williams to get his to in the pick and roll to generate offense for him. Last year, he became much more independent from Lou, and there were times that he would take guys off the dribble, and it was it was fun to watch, but. I wouldn't. You can't really play him anywhere but at center because he can't stretch the floor. He can obviously play with Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is a demon and he can really defend anybody. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And this this might sound crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved at the deadline, or if. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't really play much in the playoffs because you saw how it went for the Clippers when he would come into the games. I feel yeah, like if. Uh, oh wait. Go ahead. Go, go for uh, it. I feel like. Any player that joins LeBron is like their potential is just gonna skyrocket, man. Because like LeBron draws so much like defense on him, right? I feel like his like his value is gonna go up so high just for just for like getting all the assists from LeBron. Like I feel like it's just gonna help his like stock up so much, dude. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't. Uh, but offense has never really been Montrezl's problem. His problem is his defense. It's yeah. he's he can't rebound. He can't shoot. He doesn't rotate on defense. Like it's, it's. I can't. I can't overstate how bad it is for him. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron is yelling at him and the man's throwing a fit <laughs> ten games into the season. Yeah, with um, Montrez, I feel like the the main reason Lakers signed him was just to take him away from uh, from the Clippers, and that definitely um, caused uh, chemistry issues because now Lou Williams. I, I heard there's like trade rumors with him and. You know, it's just like, like what's going on? Like Montrez is like talking shit about the, uh, the Clippers and like saying, oh, they didn't want me back and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I think it definitely was a win for the Lakers in the fact that they 
took away a key piece from the Clippers, even though I know Kyle doesn't feel like he was a key piece. Um, but yeah, so I think in that sense, Lakers won out. Um, but I just don't see him helping the team much. Um, like even in the playoffs, I think he's just going to be like a role player. Um, not going to be a six man type of uh, six man of the year the type of player he was last year. I think he uh, he just fit better with the team. That's that's why he got that award. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and uh, as as far as Eric, uh, not not Eric Isa was saying about uh, him being better because of LeBron, I don't know. Um, I gotta uh, agree with Kyle about. Uh, LeBron yelling at him a lot for his uh, last <laughs> defense, um, and that's probably going to make him feel more frustrated. And if you guys frustrated, I don't think he's going to perform as well. And he's just gonna—I mm-hmm. I, I don't know why he didn't choose the Clippers. Like it makes no sense to. Me. But yeah, there's like I mean, a lot. Was, of that. There's like a lot of like rumors that, or like he, he was insinuating that the that the Clippers didn't really want him. I think they were probably going to sign him to like a smaller deal or something like that, and he didn't want that. And the Lakers just offered him like you know something. I like actually, that. I actually don't think the Clippers offered him a contract. Um, <laughs> he's no, I, I'm being serious. Like he, um, he was, he was the not the source. I, I actually, the, he was the source. So the the day after the Clippers were eliminated from the playoffs after blowing the three one lead, Chris Haynes came out with an article on Yahoo that talked about the Clippers, and there were specific instances of turmoil with the team, and. It, it is, I mean, you can just connect the dots that anything that comes out against specific players and, and obviously Montrezl Harrell is which, with Clutch Sports. So he's trying to not only preserve his value in the market because he very he vastly underperformed in the playoffs and probably lost himself a lot of money. But there there was just a lot of problems with, with Montrez and the Clippers. So I, I, I doubt they even offered him a contract. Yeah, I, like I saw this one, con- uh, not contract, I saw this one article that was saying like, you know, he didn't like the way that like Kawhi was getting like preferential treatment or whatever. And I'm pretty sure like more than a couple of Clippers players were also feeling like that as well. Man. I mean, what? Man, okay. PlayStation P, way off P and all that. But bro, you can, you're Montrezl Zero. You're six foot seven. You can't defend the rim. You can't guard a chair on the perimeter. Like you think you're better than Paul George, regardless of Paul George's low lights. What are you talking about? All right, like, there's, dude. he's just, he had a lot of issues. Okay, dude. All right, hey, dude. I hope he finds happiness. Okay, dude. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, thank God we can put this chapter two in a close one once and for all. Because uh, I don't want to hear any more Montrez slander. All right. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. All right. Which, uh, based off of all these signings and show, um, which teams do you guys think you know got better or worse uh, i'll just put my two cents in there with you know not too many not too much to say about it but honestly i think the hawks got definitely got better 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah that's that's all i have to say in terms of my uh, my picks on who got uh better okay but like i'll let the more uh, dedicated like you know part of the squad like go oh, chime in here so whichever one of you guys want to come in please do yo i feel like of all the teams that got better it was definitely philadelphia i mean I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, go for a championship, but they made so many moves. And in my opinion, a lot of good moves. Um, they were able to assign Tyreek Maxey. They did drafted him. He's a good two-way player. They already have a good two-way player in um, Matisse Thibel. Um, I mean, he's got to work on his offense a little bit more, but he's a great defender as a rookie. So they kind of got another player that can, you know, create his own shot. And then they've got one of my favorite players. They've got a three-time champ and a great player, great veteran in Danny Green. And I don't care what people say. 
even though his finals performance wasn't the best, he's still yeah. a great player. He's a great yeah. player, man. I, he's a good defender. He's a, player. He's a good defender, last... reliable defender, and he's a great player, bro. He's a good shooter. I don't care what nobody says his performance. He's going to always be there as a reliable player. In the last two postseasons, Danny Green has scored 7.4 points on 36% from the field. I don't I don't want to hear that Danny okay, Green okay, is okay, 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 hold player. On, hold he's on. not. Hold oh on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying he's – okay, hold on, hold on. Did you know that he was like I think he's either third or fourth for all time three pointers made in the finals, and he can only get there that one way. By wait, wait, wait. do you remember whose team he was on? He was on the Spurs, bro. Yeah, he was okay, bro. He was on the he was on the Raptors too, and he got he helped them get a championship. And he was terrible. He almost bro. He almost cost them game six. He remember he turned the ball over at the end at that one game. He almost cost him the championship. He almost cost Kawhi two championships in a row. Uh, Danny not good. Okay, to well, listen, listen. If you utilize him as a three and D player, I I feel like that's when he's most efficient. And mm-hmm. I feel like Philadelphia they already have a lot of good players, so if they utilize him correctly. That's a great move. All right, moving on from Danny Green, we've got a backup center in Dwight. I mean, he's pretty good. They the great. move that I thought was really good was one they got rid of Horford's terrible contract. And now they've got room to play with um, Embiid as well. So that's a good move they made. And then, this is my favorite move, is they got Seth Curry. And Seth Curry is like a shooter, you know? Like, if you oh, want yeah. to run that Ben Simmons and Embiid combo, you're going to have to have some shooters. I remember a few years ago when um, the Philly was playing against the Celtics in the playoffs. I remember their best team was consistent. Uh, cons- like, they had a lot of shooters. They had, like, um, J.J. Redick. They had um marco bellinelli they had irisan Ilyasova, and all these guys that could shoot that's when that uh sixers team was really dangerous you know what i'm saying so they were able to pick up seth curry danny green um and i don't know i feel like their team is a lot more scary than it was last year i don't know what do you, what do you guys have to say about philly yeah no i definitely agree with you they also got a steal in the draft in my opinion in tyrese maxi at 20 i think it was 21 i, I think daryl morey has been great so far uh they probably gave elton brand like a phone like a, a plastic phone on draft night like hey man go to town do whatever you want oh my God. but because <laughs> he's just been terrible but daryl Morey has been on fire so far he's made some great changes in philly uh so so for a ray like you know the best team or like the the team that had the best offseason was probably philly uh i think i'm not gonna cap i feel like lakers had a good offseason like they picked up Wesley Matthews, great floor spacer. Um, I don't know how people feel about KCP, but like he had his moments like in the finals where he was pretty good. Um, the one thing I didn't like that the Lakers did was that they let Roger Rondo go. I don't know if that was because Rajan wanted to sign with thing, uh, with Atlanta Hawks or whatever, and because he wanted to get away from Braun or whatever like that. Um, but I feel like overall, like they signed Wesley Matthews, they signed Marquise Morris, Marcus Gasol. He's an okay center. Um, obviously, like Marcus Hall and uh Marcus Hall and uh, Serge Ibaka, they were both on Toronto last year. But um, I feel like the Clippers got the better end with uh, Serge Ibaka. But I feel like Marcus Hall does still have like his ability to like pass the ball and everything like that. I think the Lakers had a pretty good, you know, uh, off season. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you, but one of the moves that they should have done, or something that kind of hindered their offseason, making it like a really good offseason, was they didn't move Kuzma. And Kuzma is like he's not great, man. He's so bad. <laughs> I feel yo, bad for Kuzma, he, man. Yo, you guys are just motivating him. Did you see his new Puma commercial? <laughs> did you yeah, Did you but... see him screaming and one in an empty gym shooting jump shots? 
He's just getting started. Y'all violated. He's just getting started. And also, this might be a little off topic, but like, one thing I noticed is like a lot of players, or like when they just get into the league, like they always like post on like Instagram or whatever, like during the summer that they're putting in work. Kuzma has been that one guy who always posts that, like, you know, putting in work over the summer. But like this last year was just so bad, bro. <laughs> I blame LeBron. He's so bad, bro. <laughs> I, I blame LeBron. Um, honestly, I feel like he had a lot of potential, but just being under LeBron, um, I think it like intimidates him a lot, and I, I don't think he can play to his potential because of that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I, will, not... I will never forget forgive Kyle Kuzma for after they won the championship. The man imitated that Kobe picture of him holding the trophy. <laughs> that man averaged like eight points for game in the finals. Like, bro, what are you doing? Uh, I remember oh, that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, another reason why I can give the Lakers like you know that seal of approval for being the best uh, move makers in you know, this offseason because they didn't 100% re-sign Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I mean, he's there's still potential he's going to not re-sign with them or, and go somewhere else because he did opt out. So, yeah. you never know. I, I, but, I mean. I think he's waiting on Giannis's, um decision to re-sign with the, the Bucks. There's, like, a lot mm. of rumor about that. If that happens, okay, if Giannis potentially uh, is coming to the Lakers next uh, offseason, that will be the dumbest thing I, I, I've ever seen, like, I don't know. That just ruined the NBA. I wouldn't want to watch it anymore. So I hope um, Anthony Davis just takes his max contract and then just like calls it a day because I don't want to see Giannis on the Lakers. I mean, I don't think a lot of people do. It'll, it'll just be like another like. It's a little bit different from uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, what uh, KD did. Whereas like you know, it's a totally different conference or whatever. But that's just gonna be overkill. Like at that point, like it's not even fun. Like you already know, like the stacks are totally like the odds are yeah, totally it's two unguardable it's players. Yeah, it's it's, it's just so stupid, dumb. bro. It, it'll be stupid. All right. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Issa. I think the Lakers definitely got better offensively. They lost a little bit of defense, but their biggest problem last year when when Rondo in the regular season was struggling is that when LeBron would leave the floor, that their offense would just tank. Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion, should have won the Sixth Man of the Year last year. He was amazing. I think he'll definitely help with that problem. Montrose Harrell can score for you in the regular season. But there's another team that I thought that got really good. And in my opinion, they're going to be as high as like a four seed next year is Phoenix. In my notes, I wrote down uh, CP3. That's it. Because wherever Chris Paul goes, he just knows how to win and get teams to the playoffs. They added more defense on the wings uh, with Jay Crowder. They who's a, Who's a very solid player. He's streaky, but... When he's hot, he can score, like, 20 points a game, and he plays great defense. They brought back Javon Carter, who's a great defensive player as well. Losing Aaron Baines for them is tough. He's going to the Tampa Bay Raptors. But um, Let's go. But I, I really like DeAndre Aiden. I think he got a lot better defensively last year. They brought back Dario Saric as well. We're going to have to see if he can play as, like, a small ball five for them or how he's going to fit. But I think Phoenix has got a lot better this past offseason. Um, did you say they're going to be number fourth seed? Yeah, he did say. That. I think they could be as high. I think that's like their ceiling. Okay, if season. you're saying ceiling, then okay, may- maybe because the West is really competitive. But yeah, I don't know. With CP three there, yeah, I can see them uh, definitely fighting to get into the playoffs or even being eight seven. But 
I just don't see them being that competitive. Like, I, I think that would be overstating it. Fourth seed. Like, I just think there's a a lot more better teams. Um, right. unless they uh, CP3 actually gets DeAndre in like going, I, I don't see Phoenix doing. I think I think realistically they'll be anywhere from like five to seven. But like they're they're ceiling in my opinion. If everything goes they're, right, they're for them, going like, from somewhere between seven to ten. Come on. Come on, you have New Orleans. You have um. Bro. What? Yeah, bro, what are you saying, bro? They're not good. The Pelicans aren't good, bro. Like, are you, they have no proof. Have you forgotten have about Zion? Zion. Zion. There's Utah that, that's competitive. They're going to be in the top I don't think, eight. What's I up? don't think Utah's making playoffs. That's just my hot take. Um, we can get into are that later, but my fault. I'll let, you, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish. I'll let you, bro, you got to be kidding, kidding bad, me, bad. dog. Okay. Right, bro. okay. Uh, Kyle, I have one question for you. If 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 Chris Paul is as good as you say he is, Paul, why doesn't he go to the New York Knicks? Bro, <laughs> nobody can save the Knicks, man. Nobody's saving that franchise until James Dolan's gone. Hey, who knows? Maybe the power forward, elite power forward center Obi Topin can save them. Who knows? Uh, I know Tommy, Tommy, hey. Tommy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What what are, what are the words of A Ray? Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. You already know, bro. Oh, though he'll be right. stopped. Hey. Oh, he'll there be stopped. Bro. Yo, he will be stopped. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, all right. You said you wanted to go over the Bucks. Please go over them. Oh yeah, bro. Um, honestly, I'm pretty interested to see what you guys have to say. I feel like the Bucks they could have made a lot of different moves, but the moves that they chose weren't honestly the best. I mean, they really didn't have a say if whether Wes Matthews is going to stay or not. And of all the like super aged players that they have. Wes Matthews is probably the one that's probably played the best for them. Um, one of the problems they also had was Eric Bledsoe. So they got rid of him. So that was pretty good. Um, that Drew Holiday trade. Oh man, I really like Drew as a player. He's a great player. And I've always been saying this for a few years. He's an all-star snub. And who knows, maybe he can make it um, to the all-star game. Or I, I don't think they're having an all-star game this year, but maybe he can be an all-star this year. But... I feel like one of the problems that the Bucks had was their shot creation. And I mean, beside Giannis spin move and like 15 set, 15 step travel dunks and maybe Middleton's like here and there shots, they didn't really have that much shot creation. And I'm not sure that Drew Holiday is that much of a shot creator. I know that I was looking into like analytics and all that, but I did see that he made, he's a pretty decent shot creator, but I feel like he's not really one that, you know, that's going to make the Bucks really stand out. And on top of that, they, they lost a lot of players as well. I mean, Marvin Williams retired, and he was a great player for them, at least. He played just a few games, honestly. But, I mean, he was a reliable shooter. Kyle Korver hasn't signed with them again. So, I'm not sure that he will or if he'll go to a different team or if he'll even retire. They cut Irsan Ilyasova, who was, I want to say, like, he was a really good defensively because he, he draws a lot of charges. And then on top of that, they Robin Lopez left, right? These are all, like, their bench players, but... Um, aside from that, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo left his, or got traded as well. I feel like they didn't really bring much talent to the Bucks. I mean, they, that, that trade with, um, Bogdan fell apart. They got Brent Forbes, who's, you know, a solid shooter, but he's a defensive liability. And then Bobby Portis was just going to punch another one of his teammates. So <laughs> we're just going to have to see, man. I mean, out of all the acquisitions that they made, um, this offseason, Drew's a plus, but I don't really know how he's going to fit with the Bucks. I really like Torrey Craig. He's a solid uh, backup player. And then DJ Augustine for George Hill is kind of like, I feel like it's kind of an equal trade. I, get, I guess they're giving up defense for 
Um, yeah, they're giving up defense. I don't know. I, I want to see what you guys have to say. I feel like they didn't get as good as we thought that they, that they could get, you know? Okay, for sure. For sure. So, like, we've been talking about teams that have gotten, like, better, right, over the offseason. Uh, one team, I'm not going to stay too long on this because I know, like, I'd be going off sometimes, you know what I mean? But uh, one team that I feel like has stayed, like, largely oh, the same. God. It's coming. Largely the same are the Spurs, man. Like, it's Harman's really <laughs> It's really disappointing, man. Like they re-signed. I mean, Demar Derozan opted into his contract or whatever. They re-signed a uh, thing, uh, not re-signed, but they, yeah, they basically re-signed Quindary Withers- uh, Witherspoon, and it's just re-signing Yaka Pertl again. You know, Drew Eubanks. These are all players that like the Spurs have been playing with for a long time, or like they've had them for a while. The only significant thing I really liked that the Spurs did was drafting Devin Vassell with like his the way his skill set is. Uh, I feel like he has a really high ceiling. Um, but the Spurs are really disappointing. They really stayed the same over the offseason. I mean, uh, according to you, they don't play their new players more than 10 minutes. So we'll have to see, man. And all I know is they're going to have to abuse Rudy Gay, man. Let's go. And, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, just so you know, I don't know if you know, but you know Trey Jones? They signed him to like a three-year, something like that. He's like another guard, so... You and Spurs and all okay, their guards. One thing I'm happy that the Spurs did was that they got rid of thing, Bryn Forbes. Um, although, like, he's a great shooter, he does not have the defense that we need to carry the team. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's it. I- I'm not going to go on about the Spurs anymore. Just give me my two minutes and I'm happy. Uh, uh, let's go to the, teams that got worse. Yeah, the Spurs, I swear to God, is watching, like, uh, it's like a train wreck happening in super slow motion. <laughs> that's that's what it seems. That's what it seems like. I'm not even gonna cap because like it seems like they're just trying to like like hold it off for like the longest period of time before yeah. eventually like everything is just gonna like crash. Okay, uh, I cut uh, you off, Narf. Uh, please go ahead. Yeah, no. Um, I I feel like Spurs will always be uh, one of those uh, teams fighting for playoff just because of Greg Popovich. I think he gets the most out of his players, even though he's not adapting to the um this era of NBA with everyone shooting threes. Um, I, I don't think he has much of an option because he has Aldridge and DeRozan, um, especially like taking up uh, much of the contract on the team. So yeah, um, I don't think Spurs are going to be contenders at all, but go- going back to the, uh, to Kyle saying uh, Phoenix is going to be in the playoff contention. Um, so the reason I don't say four or five or even six or seven, I think they're going to be fighting for that eighth seed is because, so we have the both LA teams locking two out of eight spots, Dallas and Utah and Denver, I think are going to also take up the spots as five out of eight spots. And then you can't forget about the Warriors. I know they lost Clay Thompson and I, I believe we'll talk about it later, but um, James Wiseman, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have they they got that 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 hot guy, uh, the no homo. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, And as much hate as Andrew Wiggins gets, he can uh, do twenty per game, so he's still on the team. Um, so Warriors are definitely locked in. I, I feel like so that's six out of eight, and then Portland with Dame Lillard. Oh my God! And then a healthy um uh Yusuf Nurkic. I think they're also. Mm pretty much locked in so it's going to be really tight i don't i don't see how phoenix would sneak in there um for the eight seed and like as i said uh the teams i guess fighting for that eight seed would be phoenix pelicans uh the memphis grizzlies because we can't forget how they performed last year um 
and it's just there's so many teams and and Rockets. I forgot the Rockets as well. Um, with James Harden on the team, anything is possible. Um, so I just don't know how Phoenix was to sneak in there. That's that's all honestly. I, you did mention a lot of good teams, but, you know, I made a really quick, like, power ranking. It's, a, like, a way too early version. And I have the Suns making the playoffs at, as the eight seed. The reason why is because I'm not sure. I don't think the Jazz are really going to be as good because I'm looking at last year's standings, right? And there were, like, five or six teams or four or five teams that all finished within 44 wins. And that was ranging from the fourth, sorry, the third seed all the way to the seventh seed. So Denver finished with 46 at the third seed and Dallas finished at seven seed with 43 wins and the Jazz were at 44 wins at the sixth seed. So that tells me that it's everything super competitive. But what the thing that the, all the other teams did is, right, they all made moves. I feel like Jazz didn't make any moves at all. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. while their competition's all getting better, they haven't done anything to kind of, you know, get better. Um, I mean, I've heard rumors about Mike Conley for um, uh, Russ Westbrook. I don't see how that would work out. Man. But um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I, I definitely get your point. Uh, Utah didn't – yeah, they, they've been silent this whole offseason, so I, I don't know what they were doing. But I think they still have a very competitive team. So, yeah, sure. I, I, I can – like, as you said, like, Phoenix going for eighth seed. Like, I, I can agree with that. Like, uh, Phoenix, Utah fighting for that. Uh, last spot, but anywhere higher than that, I, I don't see it happen. All right. Well, I believe I believe uh, everything should happen in equilibrium. For as many good things, there should be as many bad things. So, be, I feel like we've been just a bit too positive. What teams do you think you know kind of fell off a cliff <laughs> during this off season? So I don't particularly think they fell off a cliff. Um, earlier, Narf was saying that he thinks that they're going to make the playoffs. I disagree for a few reasons, and that team is the Pelicans. Uh, one, they lost their best player, Drew Holiday. Brandon Ingram was their all-star player last year, but I still think Drew is a better player all around than Brandon Ingram is. An underrated loss for them this uh, this past offseason is Etwan Moore. Uh, this upcoming season, uh, just uh, what I what I figured, their starting lineup would be Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo, um, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion. And Steven Adams or Jackson Hayes, I, who on that, who in their starting lineup is shooting threes? Um, their lack of spacing, probably as, as well as an, a condensed season. Uh, Zion probably doesn't play as many games. I just, I think they're gonna, I think they got worse, and I think they're probably gonna miss the playoffs. Um, Wait, so, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was thinking, no, I was thinking, how much? Uh, so, how good of a player do you think Brandon Brandon Ingram is? Uh, uh, Kyle. I mean, I think I think he's a good player. Uh, he's not he's not great defensively. I think he's a great offensive player. He's definitely improved a lot. But at this point, like as Norf was saying earlier, the West is very stacked, and the rest of the team around him, it's there. The fit just isn't great. So I can definitely see them missing the playoffs. I mean, he signed a f- 158 five year 158 million dollar contract, bro. Max I think he's worth it. Oh, worth I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think he's worth it. I, I think. Okay. Um, he he's like a off-brand version of KD, but that's not a bad thing, you know, to to be yeah. um, that. Compared so I think yeah. Brandon Ingram and uh, Zion, if they can just work together and like Lonzo, just I guess making the team like a unit, I, I think I, I think they have potential to be competitive and fight for that eight seed and cause teams problems. But yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Kyle. I, I don't think they'll get in. So, uh, but. I, honestly, I really love the Pelicans, and it's not because of Zion. I just think 
all the players there, they're like real underdogs in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, uh, I can't see them making the playoffs. Speaking of a team that's not going to make the playoffs, the Raptors. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't get you heated enough. But, yo, they they honestly got worse this offseason, in my opinion. Um, they lost their two better centers, and then they had to sign Chris Boucher. I don't know how to say his name. The Duck Man. It's like a pretty big contract, pretty sizable. And then they gave a contract extension to Fred Van Vliet, who... In my opinion, I don't think he's going to get any better than he already is. And to kind of lock him in, lock him in for that long, I mean, it doesn't really give his team that much of flexibility. And then they had to go and sign Aaron Baines, who was pretty good. When he played with the Celtics, he was amazing. And then on the Suns, he had a game where he shot nine three-pointers. So maybe he could be that better version Mark Gasol. Who knows? But I feel like the Raptors, like, like going back to the Jazz example, you know, all the teams around them, are getting better and they're just kind of regressing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on the Raptors. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Raptors really didn't do much. I think they, I, I don't know how to feel about that uh, Fred Van V contract because he was big on our, uh, us winning championship. But as they say, NBA is a business. And um, I, honestly, I feel like it's a bit overpaid, just like how uh, they, rush to give Siakam that huge contract and I think a lot of people are regretting that so um yeah I think with those two contracts it's, it's just a little weird to see uh, where the team's headed um because I don't see either of those players being like a centerpiece um just because of Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet's uh, size and um Siakam's spin moves so yeah Raptors I don't know what they're doing I think they'll still be in playoff contention just because They've always been around. They're, they're kind of like the Spurs of the East, except uh, that they're not struggling as much. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I got to agree with you. Uh, I think one team that we're forgetting got, like, really bad over the offseason, it's the OKC Thunder. Uh, they lost Chris Paul. Um, and, like, he was just a freaking, like, floor general to the maximum extent, man. Uh, I feel like... OKC Thunder, they're not good for this upcoming season, but, like, I mean, they do have, like, a rising star in Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, but I just feel like it's going to be... I mean, they're playing all of their cards so that their future is bright. They have so many first-round picks. It's just crazy, dude. Um, I think the next... I think the OKC Thunder really did, like, go, like, belly up this offseason, to be honest. Well, I don't think that makes them losers, uh, per se, because I think they have clear direction that they want to develop their young I mean, they talent. got worse after this offseason, right? Like, well, if we're looking at their upcoming season? Well, okay, in the sense that, yeah, next season they're not going to be competitive at all, but that, that's not a bad thing because, you like, as you say, like, um, like with the Spurs, like, they're always hanging around, they're always trying to fight, but, like, you know it's going to be a losing battle at the end of the day. They're not going to win a championship with that team, so... Like, why not blow up the team and, like, start something new and, like, you know, just just be a better team for the next five years? Like, plan, like that's what OKC are doing. They're planning five years ahead. But, like, it, once, like, LeBron retires and stuff like that, I could see OKC coming back up to, like, getting players like Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant because they have so much assets to get a uh, young talent that's, that's really good in the future. For sure, yeah. I see what you're saying. <clears throat> Yeah, no, honestly, I have to agree with that. Like, yeah, of course he got worse, but, I mean, it's all part of their plan. You know, when they traded um, Paul George 
and Westbrook for all those picks, you knew that they were this was coming. You knew that, like a, a form of tanking was gonna come. Like they they were setting themselves up for the future. You know, sometimes it's worth it to take a step back just to, you know, set your path for the future. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I think that was a good move for what they did. And yeah, I mean, you look at different teams and they don't do that. They just keep trying to compete and they're always stuck in the middle of the road. You see teams like the Magic that are like that. Um, the Hornets are kind of like that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these teams are just, they're not capable of tanking, but they're also not capable of competing. Okay. All right. Um, I agree. Uh I disagree. All right, there you go. Now we had a now we had a discussion. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Kyle, you said you wanted to try out a segment. Try try your set segment, please. Yeah. So um, everybody gets one chance uh, to answer the question. Um, I obviously can't prove whether or not you guys will not cheat, but I would appreciate it if you guys didn't. Okay. Um, so my and if you, um, I guess if you get it right, then I don't know. I'll give you a dollar or something. But my, my question is that, and you only get one chance, which team is Trevor Ariza currently on? So, Lisa, you get to go first. Uh, I believe he got flipped, like, more than a couple of times. Uh, I think it's the Pistons. Okay. Um, I'm not going to give the answer till the end, but, Norf, you can go next. Honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I think... He left to Portland. I'm going to just guess Miami because I don't remember Miami doing anything. Maybe they replaced uh, Crowder with uh, Ariza. All right. Harry, you're up. Damn, y'all don't know how badly I want to uh, cheat. But uh, I remember <laughs> – I remember um, – well, he got traded to the Blazers from – or from the Blazers to the Rockets. To, to the Rockets, yeah. And that's the yeah. last place I've seen him go, so I'm just going to go with the Rockets. All right, Shaman. Uh, I don't know, bro. Lakers. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Jeez, none of you guys got it right now, and he's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, that was my second guess. Damn it. <laughs> yo, he's gotten traded like five yo, times. Yo, yo, I just want to say Isa cheated because I just googled it after I answered, and it said Detroit on Google, and I said, <laughs> Wait, what? Isa, no, bro. I'm, I'm not. Bro, you Wait, got what? Are you talking what are you talking well, about? I mean, I mean, technically, did the trades ever go through? He's still oh, on the no, Blazers. No. Mm. Which team is Ariza on? Yo, it's, the it's first link says it. OKC Thunder. First link says OKC Thunder. I said which team? No, I see it. I see it. If you scroll down a little bit, if you, it says about, it says Pistons yeah. number eight. Yeah, on Wikipedia, it says Trevor Ariza's on the Thunder. I'm just saying Google, like the first thing. Mm. That, but yeah, I see, I see it in Detroit. My bad. I was just trying to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I was definitely cheating, bro. That's crazy, though. The Thunder. Yeah, he about to carry them to a championship. Psych. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, we've been going on just a bit too long on this episode. So, uh, uh Ray, you want to write us out? Yep. I I always write us out. You don't even know how I do. All right. So. You guys already know. Send us our questions at East Coast Browncast at gmail.com, or you can comment on our YouTube channel, the East Coast Browncast, or you can even follow us on Instagram, ECBcast, and you can listen to us on Google, Apple Podcasts, and also we're on Spotify and Radio Public. So listen to us there. And guys, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Go be the goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
All right.